Well, hello, everybody. I'm super excited to be back on the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified podcast. I know it took a little bit of a hiatus for a couple months, but we're back, and I couldn't be more excited to have one of my good friends, and he's a badass dietitian, um, Isaac Pullman. Um, he's a uh, master's in public health. He's a registered dietitian. He's worked with over 400 people um, with diabetes. Um, he's my go-to. He's my guy um, when it comes to diabetes, um, any, I have any questions regarding clients or just, just some chats learning about diabetes, but he is phenomenal at what he does. Um, he's actually writing a book. Uh, I can't, I can't wait for that to come out. Um, I got to see the, the preview and let me tell you, if you're someone listening to this podcast, um, and you just need some just awesome information about diabetes, you got to get the book. I've enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed looking through it so far. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal resource. Uh, but yeah, but you know, enough of that. We're going to roll right into my first question. I want to ask you, Isaac, it's just a little bit about your story, um, in, in your quest here and to become a good dietitian and work with people with diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. And first and foremost, Nate, thanks for having me on. It's, it's great to be here in that, uh, great intro, <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think what what brought me here is a little bit of a, of a personal journey. I grew up in a uh, a very uh, rural community in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and you know during you know that setting, you know it's uh, you don't have much to do but play outside, do sports and exercise, and that was like a big thing for me growing up. And so I was very much into sports and um, and doing the best that I could in there. And you know as I got more into it and going into high school, I started to look into getting any edge that I could. And nutrition was one of those things that really stood out to me. And I saw all of my favorite professional athletes just using nutrition to support their performance. So I thought, hey, you know, why don't I do that? And so that's what really got me into it. Because um, at that time, I was uh, being looked at for college uh, soccer teams, and I was really interested in playing. And um, you know, at, at that point too, I think I was uh, putting a lot of pressure on myself to get to that point, but also you know get good grades in, in high school. And um, with the, with the combination, I, there was uh, a, a lot of overtraining at that time, and not as. Uh, much recovery. And so it was kind of a learning process for me that uh, recovery is certainly an important piece. And unfortunately, that did lead to me experiencing a lot of burnout with exercise to the point where um, I actually developed something known as um, gastroparesis, which if the listeners aren't familiar, it's like delayed stomach emptying, um, meaning that you could feel very full after just a few bites of food. And, and, and during that time, you know, I was already underweight. I was like 100 pounds, five foot five in, in high school and needed to gain weight. But I ended up losing another like 15 pounds and I was like 85 pounds skin and bones. And so um, I ended up having to quit all the sports that I was doing in high school and recover from that. And, and so it really um, hit home the importance of nutrition and recovery again and how that is, is so important. And, um, you know, that brought me to college where um, kind of my health issues got even worse. And because I was taking basically pre-med classes while, um, you know, playing college soccer, the combination and being away from home in a new setting, that was really difficult for me. And so the combination, um, I ended up, you know, being you know, chronically fatigued and getting all sorts of food allergies and intolerances and all these weird symptoms that just started to develop to the point where I couldn't continue 
huge in youth sports anymore. And so this was like my third learning lesson along the way that, hey, we need to really dive into this. Like, what are these uh, root contributors that are uh, making me feel this way? And I had a lot of well-meaning doctors uh, around me at the time, but uh, none of none of which, you know, were really getting at what I probably needed at that point. And that's where my nutrition, my professional nutrition journey began, because I started looking into it more, started seeing results with how I felt my energy, um, my testosterone, my uh, metabolism, um, and even uh, skin health as well, because I had a lot of cystic acne at that time, uh, too. And so um, I saw, started to see results. And that really uh, pushed me to learning um, more nutrition in a professional manner. So I went on to the University of Michigan, where I studied um, nutrition in graduate school. And at that time, it was my, I actually got to learn my fourth nutrition lesson, because I was diagnosed with type 1 di diabetes during that time. And to kind of transition to what you talked about, that's where I started learning more about um, how to support myself from a nutrition perspective while um, you know developing diabetes. And so that's that's what really motivated me me to get into nutrition and look into diabetes specifically. It was all kind of a personal journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's such a powerful story. I think it's so funny, you know, when you think about it too, that like all of dietitians that I've I've been so blessed to be, um, you know, associated with, we all have these, we always have these stories, right? Like we always have our personal journeys of things we struggled with, you know, um, and it's really, I think led us to be very amazing dietitians. Um, you know, and it's really powerful, you know, to hear, you know, about how you got diabetes. Um, and then now what you're doing with clients and just all the success they've seen, but, you know, you know, to really to tell the listeners to hear from you, not from me, it's, you know, who do you help when it comes to, I know you said type one diabetes, but why, you know, mm -hmm. well, why did you choose to help this population? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, whenever I can relate to somebody that I'm working with, I think it makes it so much easier to help them because I, I can uh, understand not, maybe not exactly what they're going through, but uh, a very similar um, circumstance that I have been through and how I kind of navigate it gives me kind of, a, I, I feel like an, an edge or a, a, a kind of a picture in, in their mind of, hey, this is kind of what they're experiencing both physically, uh, emotionally through this process. And this is kind of what helped me or my other clients. And, and so um, just that relationship with those people. And I think with with diabetes, it's, it's a very isolating condition, you know, there's not a lot of people that have uh, type one or, um, you know, there's a large majority that do have type two, but many of their family members don't. And so it's 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 something that can be very isolating. And I, I felt like there was it was a population that wasn't quite getting the support that it probably needed. And with chronic conditions, you know, whether that is diabetes or any, anything else that someone is, um, you know, managing on a regular basis, I, I think at times in, uh, the medical system can drop the ball um, with supporting them to the best of their uh, ability, particularly for folks that maybe are wanting to look at things beyond just taking medications, right? We, I don't think we necessarily have a great support with that. And just with my knowledge and background and my interests, I felt like, hey, I see a need here. I see people that are needing support and I feel like I have the background to support them. Why not, why not pursue that? And I, it's just, it's, the, I think the word for me, Nate, is it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling to fill that need because there are so many people looking for that. And 
aren't quite getting the support that they're after. And, and I want to continue providing that because it's such a, a, a population that I think um, doesn't receive enough attention and care. Oh, I, I 100% agree. You're like, yeah, you know, I love what you said there, you know, the reasoning of, you know, you, you know, why you're helping these people. And, you know, I see it day to day, you know, not only, you know, with the clients I've chatted with, but even, you know, when I work with clients in person, um, with my business and stuff like that, is that like, yeah, they, you hear it everywhere, like, I have type one diabetes, and people feel like it's so debilitating, and just kind of listening to, you know, how you've been able to really navigate the um, through clients and show them it's not debilitating, and how, you know, you're able to live with it, um, and do so many great things. Uh, but I think a lot of people, you know, when they go to the doctor, you know, um, at least this is what I've heard. I love to hear because, you know, you work with, you chatted with a lot more diabetes clients than I have, but they go to the doctor and they say, and their doctor gives them this cookie cutter advice. And I don't know about you, but I, I cringe and you probably cringe more than yeah. me because you you understand this uh, disease at a higher level than I do. Um, and they like, don't eat potatoes and carbs are going to kill you or whatever. And yeah. just get your A1C down. And I always feel like the people I've chatted with um, over the years, um, my grandpa's one of them. Um, they also, they feel, they feel like they've been there. They feel very defeated because they feel like there's nothing they can do. And they feel like they've got to go home and they got to make these crazy changes to see the results of that lowering down of the A1C. But I'd love to hear, um, kind of from you, um, what's your experience and what are some things that you've heard and maybe what's one little tidbit of something you've done to help somebody, overcome that and really show them that at the end of the day that like they can live a good fulfilling life with type 1 diabetes yeah yeah absolutely and that, that's such a great question because you know going back to what i mentioned with like the chronic conditions i think sometimes we i, I don't want to say sometimes i think a lot of times we do make it very overwhelming for a person and just to give you an example of that nate you know after my internship i did work uh, clinically for about like maybe four or five months. Um, and in particular, uh, giving uh, diabetes educations to those that were either diagnosed uh, or needed a refresher on things. And so what was standard practice was to give them this huge packet of information and try to teach them to this within one day and, you know, kick them out then the next. And maybe they did have a follow-up with uh, some diabetes educator um, or maybe they didn't. Maybe that was the only touch point that they had. And since the process was like so overwhelming and they have so many sheets of information and handouts to go over, it was like, God, can I even do this? Like, and, and that's where you mentioned the, the, the feeling of feeling defeated comes into play because people feel like, oh, I got to master all of what's listed in this handout. Or maybe they're getting a message from their doctor that says, hey, I got to go uh, keto. I have to do a, a extreme low carb diet because this is what's going to get my A1C down. Not understanding that, hey, is this, is this actually going to be sustainable? You know, that's the biggest question. We could have the best plan in the, the whole world. But if, if we're not able to implement that, you know, does it really matter? And that's the most important piece. And the other piece too, is that we have made diabetes so much about blood sugars and A1C. And I won't argue the importance of that for longevity and avoiding complications. But at the same time, like we have to be able to support a person's health as well. And, and sometimes we view blood sugars as being synonymous with good health. And it, it certainly can be, but so can the opposite be true. I've seen people that 
have been on very extreme diets and have really good blood sugars, but are feeling just terrible. And so we have to come up with an approach that helps to support uh, both their blood sugars and how they feel. And going back to your question around the tidbit, that's where my practice is really aligned with is, is finding these approaches that can support the, the person, be it a sustainable process and support their blood sugars. And we get both of those three. That's where I feel people really thrive. And the more that we view that from that lens, I think, you know, the easier this is going to be for, for many people. And with within the social media age, I think we have so much information and um, at these diabetes uh, appointments, so much information. But if we can distill it down into just a step-by-step -step process where we're not drinking from a fire hose, but are dripping it to these individuals in a way that supports them and where they're at, that's where I see most of the, the success taking place. I love that. I, I love you know, what you highlighted there too, is that, you know, you're not going to be, you know, drinking from a fire hose. And I even remember I did a couple uh, diabetes education and, you know, being a very new intern, not really knowing everything. But yeah, I remember thinking like, there is no, I mean, literally there's no chance in hell that these people are going to get this packet. And I think it was like this thick. I don't remember, but I was just like, I'm going to give this to them. I'm going to highlight a couple things. I'm going to chat with them. And I just always felt like when they left, they just had, I'm like, they're not doing this. And then to really listen to kind of like what you're saying of, of diabetes and just making it very simple. And it's so cool because, you know, what he does is it's kind of like what I do with weight loss clients. He makes it super simple and it's very, very effective. Um, and sustain it's sustainability. I love that pillar, uh, that you, you really build your program and practice out of is the sustainability aspect, because I love what you said. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what you do you know, but if you can't sustain it and if you're in good, if you're, and you're not in good health, really, what's the point? You know, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of how I feel. And I really love, um, you know, just kind of how you, you work with clients and you just make it so simple and so easy and sustainable. And they don't feel like when they get done with you, um, that they, they feel overwhelmed. And that's really, really cool about, about what you do. Um, what would be another, like, if you had, he give one more tip or like one more like suggestion, um, to anybody that's just maybe newly diagnosed or they've been diagnosed with diabetes for a while, um, that could really help them on their journey. What would that one thing be? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's a really great question because, you know, it, it, it distills it down because we can go in multiple different directions with diabetes. And, and frankly, you know, there are, you know, over 42 factors that go into impacting blood sugar. And so it's easy to go in all these different directions. Well, what I have you know, many clients do to kind of simplify this is just simply take an inventory um, and that can help them take it one step at a time. And, and what I, what I say, when I, when, or what I mean, but when I say inventory, what I mean is looking at kind of your, your life in general and looking at what I call uh, basically the big four, you know, stress, nutrition, sleep, and, um, uh, movement. So when we look at those individual pieces, um, where are those at? If we had to rank those on a score of like one to five, where one is the lowest, or worst and five is the best, where would each of those fall? And that can give us a great idea of where we could go. Where is the low hanging fruit where we can support you a little bit more 
so that you can feel better, so that you can have these better blood sugars. But because what do we know about stress? Well, we know stress raises blood sugar, it raises A1C. What do we know about movement? Same thing, it makes us more insulin resistant, meaning our blood sugars tend to run a little bit higher, right? What do we know about nutrition? Well, imbalanced nutrition can lead to a lot of in, uh, imbalanced blood sugars, right? So, and same thing with sleep. If we're not getting the, the quality or the quantity of sleep that we need, uh, our blood sugars tend to rise in the morning, which uh, many people with diabetes, it's the most difficult uh, reading to, to get into range is that fasting reading and sleep can be a big part of that. And so it's recognizing, hey, which one of these needs the most support and identifying that. And then looking at, hey, what is one strategy that I can implement today, not 10, not a hundred, not a thousand, but one strategy that I can start working on to see some progress with this. And so let's just take for an example, if it's new, if it's nutrition, that is the biggest thing, you know, many people that I see with that are working with um, higher blood sugars in the morning, they tend to be eating a lot of their food towards the end of the day, um, you know, bulk of their calories. And what ends up happening is typically if they fall into that pattern, their blood sugars the next day are going to be a lot higher. So one thing that they these individuals can start doing is start eating a little bit earlier, start eating breakfast within about 30 to 60 minutes upon waking. And by doing that, it kind of flips the script, it gets them to consume more of their food earlier on in the day, they're meeting their body's needs, their energy needs. And as a result, they're not going to feel as hungry at night. And as a result, their blood sugars are more balanced, more steady in the morning time. And so that's just one example of that. But again, I would go back to that inventory, looking at those four individual pieces and ask yourself, which is the most, uh, which is the maybe the worst out of those four? And then what is one step I can do to, to start tackling that? I love that. That's, that's so cool. No, you're right. Just really distilling it down and focusing on one thing. You know, I, 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 used, I used to say, baby steps to success, right? You know, don't yeah. feel like you've got to do kind of like what you said, there's all these 40 42 uh, different factors, if I wrote it down correctly, uh, that play into diabetes and, you know, don't try to do all 42 um, and just take it one step at a time. I, I love that. It's so, so awesome. Um, but Isaac, let me ask you this. If anybody is, you know, wanting to learn more about you, what you do and everything, where can they find you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have um, my Instagram and Facebook channels where I put out a lot of my content. Um, my a uh, handle is just my name, Isaac Pullman, I-S-A-A-C-P-O-H-L-M-A-N. So you can look me up there um, if you want access to my content that I put out on a weekly basis around uh, type 1, type 2, diabetes, pre-diabetes. So certainly go go over there if you're, you're on those, those channels. I also do have um, a more in-depth support uh, for free as well. It's my Facebook group. And so um, I think, Nate, you can probably tag that the link there in the, in the comments. Um, but uh, that is another place where you can get some more support. And I go live uh, twice weekly with Q&As and trainings in there and put in more additional free content as well. So that's another place. And then I do have my website. It, again, it's my name, IsaacPolmite.com, where you can download actually a, a free report on beginning to lower insulin resistance, which can be um, the, a common contributor or the main contributor, I would say, to type one or type two diabetes. 
um, prediabetes, and then can make uh, type one a little bit more difficult to manage too. So has a very common link and you can download that from my website. Um, and then if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one support, you, there is a work with me tab on the top and you can look at kind of the, the program that I offer as well as scheduling a, a time for us to, to chat if you are looking to uh, to work on some goals. And then in, in this coming year, Nate, just the last point is I'm, I'm coming out with a, a book, as you said, it's specifically for folks with type one diabetes who are looking to not only uh, have better blood sugars, but uh, have better health, both mental and physical as they, they manage this moving forward uh, without having to cut out carbohydrates. I love that. You know, it's all this, don't worry if you're, you're listening, you're listening to the car, if you're listening to this episode, I'm going to put all of this stuff in the show notes. Um, so you're going to be able to access it links and everything. So it's super simple for you guys to work with. And I'm telling you, you know what, we've been, we've been good friends for a couple of years now. Um, really got a chance to pick his brain, um, you know, professionally and personally, I'm telling you what, if you're somebody with diabetes type one, and you just need someone to help you take your diabetes to the next level in terms of managing it and just giving yourself a solution that you can do for the rest of your life when you're done working with him. I'm telling you what, you got to hit this guy up. If nothing else, have a call with him um, and chat with him and see how he can, he can help you. He's helped over 400 people. Um, and it would, I'd be so excited to know if one of our listeners um, had the opportunity to work with him. He's doing some great stuff in the diabetes space. I really think he's a pioneer in my personal opinion. He's a pioneer um, in this space of type one diabetes um, in terms of giving people a system and a skill that they can use for the rest of their life. So when they go to the doctor, they don't get that age old cock out carbohydrates. You can't have potatoes. Carbs are the devil. You can't eat them and lower your A1C by an obnoxious amount in a short amount of time. After you work with him, your doctor's not going to, he's not going to say anything to you about that. Um, and you're going to be given something that you can do for, for life. And, and with that being said, Isaac, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to have a chat with me and just give, you know, share more to the masses of what type one diabetes is and, and give them some information and how they can, how they can work with you if they need to be. Um, and with that being said, all my listeners from the bottom of my heart, um, I thank you all for listening and stay tuned for every single Fridays. I'm going to be putting out episodes of the nutrition and simplified podcast and everybody take care.